0: Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in La Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Good morning, Word of Life Church. Man, I'm so glad you guys are here, and um, I, I'm glad to see some of you who I knew uh, were were sick. And so, like, man, there's just, like, illness kind of, like, spreading all over the place right now, and, uh, and so I'm just glad that uh, some of you guys are in the process of getting healthy, and that's really awesome. Um, let's pray, and we'll dig into Jesus the early years. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you are awesome. And it is a joy and a privilege to gather in your name to worship you, to glorify you, to point people to you, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You see, because God, the way that we handle sin, we confess, we have a tendency to hide it. We don't talk about it. We, you know, we, we, we try to keep it at home or in a room or whatever, but you, Lord Jesus, you're not into hiding sin. You came to be the perfect Lamb of God, who takes away our sins. And we cannot thank you enough. Lord, we've already mentioned that we've got some friends who have been battling some illnesses and things like that. And and Lord, you know who they are. And um, Lord, we just want to especially just ask you to draw near to my friend, um, Pastor Kevin, as uh as he is getting closer to spending eternity with you lord i pray that you would be with his wife and his kids um it's a hard these are hard days just draw near to them lord we ask that you would be with pastor mark Tunseth and his family uh we're incredibly thankful that uh that he is, uh, that he's starting to feel better, and, and some of the treatments are really are are helping. And so we just ask you, Lord God, uh, we know that you are the healer, that you have the ability to to, to heal him perfectly, uh, and um, and we're just excited. I, I we trust you, Lord. That whatever happens, that you will take care of uh, Kevin, and you'll take care of Mark, and. Um, draw near to your people. And Lord, as we gather, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that believes. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus our Savior. Amen. Um, uh, you know, if you if you if you look at John's gospel, and so a gospel a gospel really is a a, a story. Uh, or written record of the the story of Jesus Christ. Gospel means good news, and so it's a it's a good news story. And the gospels in our Bible are you know were written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. and so today we're going to be looking at the Gospel of John, and this is written by one of the Johns. Now John is a common name, it was a common name then, and it's a common name now, and so you're going to have to try and work with me to keep the Johns straight. but John the um, John the Apostle who wrote, uh, the Gospel of John. He uh, he's a pretty he's a pretty smooth dude, but extremely humble. And so he slides himself into his gospel every once in a while, but it's always like kind of unnamed, like some guy, another disciple, this sort of thing. It's very like cloaked in humility and stuff like that. And so keep your ears open for for John. John's gospel starts off with this lofty theological truth and that's the video that we're going to be watching through the entire series and so you you saw it today and that's taken straight from the gospel of John in those first verses that in the beginning was the word that's Jesus that's John telling you about who Jesus is that he is the son of God and so as we kind of navigate our way through Jesus, the early years, we're not going all the way back into eternity past. Uh, we're, we're dealing with mostly his earthly ministry. And so last week we talked a little bit about boy Jesus, 12 years old, and, and he submitted himself even to the point of death on, death on the cross. He submitted himself to earthly parents. Yes, the son of God who has existed since, in, you know, into eternity, submitted himself to imperfect parents. Wow. And today, we're going to be in the Gospel of John. And, uh, and the intro is a little bit interesting because it, while John's, the Gospel of John begins with this lofty theological disc- discourse. But when you meet Jesus in the Gospel of John... He's not coming with miracles or or even lofty theological treatise. When we come face to face with Jesus in the Gospel of John, we meet him in relationship. Jesus is all about relationships. And we get to meet some of Jesus' friends and, and see how coming in relationship impacts us and our relationships both to God and to each other and so if you have your Bibles with you today you turn with me to John chapter 1 starting in verse 29 and we are introduced to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world John 1 starting in verse 29 reading in Jesus name because it's God's word not mine the next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him. That's, that's John the baptizer or John the Baptist. And said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he whom I said, after me comes man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself didn't know him, but for this purpose, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw The Spirit descended from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he sent me to baptize with water and said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. The next day... Again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God! The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. And so they came and saw where he was staying. And they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. And one of the two who had heard John speak and follow Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said to him, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Here ends the reading of God's word. Andrew and the other disciple. Now, I will say that this is code language for it's probably the Apostle John who writes himself into the book. You know, and so just being the humble guy that he is, you know, he doesn't he doesn't name drop himself through the whole book. He just kind of you know says, "Hey, he's the other disciple. You know, the guy who is sitting next to Jesus." You know, very very subtle. And so, on this day, as as Andrew and John, who have a relationship with with John the Baptizer, by the way, John the Baptizer, what a really great title or nickname. I mean, like, I get it. You know, I get to be called Pastor Jay, but like, John the Baptizer? That is a cool title. (laughs) What a great nickname. Like, he gets his nickname from one of his favorite things to do. God called him and said, hey, I need you to go baptize people. And he's like, yes. And so everybody calls John, John the Baptizer. Like, how how to set yourself apart as one of the three Johns in the text? That's a great way. John the Baptizer, and so John the Baptizer already has a relationship with Andrew and John the Apostle John, and so you know he's they're hanging out one day and they're just kind of like you know talking and stuff like that, uh, and, and John has been baptizing and, and and Andrew's there and John's there and some other people crowds are there and uh, you got people who are critical of of John the Baptist and then you've got people people who are you know uh, there to be baptized by by John the baptizer and and in this whole entire environment all of a sudden John sees Jesus walking by and he tells everybody hey look the son of the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world hey behold just means look it's it's like just a fancy word of saying it I'm not entirely sure why we translate that way you know it's just kind of like a little fancy bible translation word you know Mm behold behold Okay, we could have just said, hey, look! You know, you know, hey, look! The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Within that culture, within the Jewish culture, they would have understood that in a huge way. When they hear Lamb of God... There's a couple of lambs that would have, you know, kind of come into their mind. Maybe it would have, maybe the first thing that may have come into their mind was their own lamb that they had to sacrifice for their sins. And so if, if, if someone has sins, they, they, they brought a lamb, it, it was intended to be a perfect lamb or a spotless lamb, you know, that's in perfect condition and they bring it to the temple and, 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 and the worshiper or the sinner you know, just like you and me, a sinner, would 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 put their hand on the head of that lamb. In this way of just saying, this lamb and the blood that's going to be shed will cover over my sins. And that lamb would be killed, and the blood shed and that blood sprinkled on the altar. And their sin would be covered over with the promise of forgiveness, forgiveness offered by God himself, with the promise that one day God the Father would offer a perfect sacrifice, his own son, the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world, not just cover them. Maybe uh, the people who heard John say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, maybe they were thinking about the Passover Lamb. The Lamb that is killed once a year during the Passover, signifying that remembrance of that first Passover when when God spared the lives of the Israelites in Egypt and saved them out of slavery, passing over their household. And still others might dig all the way back to Jehovah Yireh, as Abraham obeyed the Lord and brought his own son Isaac onto a mountain in obedience to God's command to sacrifice him. And just before his son was sacrificed on that altar, the Lord stopped him and provided a substitute. And so that day, Abraham said of that ram caught in the thicket by some thorns, the Lord will provide, Jehovah, your Jesus is the Lamb of God that God provided to take away the sins of the world, not just cover it over, not just kind of like, and it's certainly not the way that we handle sin because we handle sin like in a very different ungodly way. I don't know too many people who handle sin the way God... You know, we can't. We can't handle it the way Jesus does. The way we handle sin is we hide it. We're like, keep that sucker in my back pocket. You know, let's let... We're not going to talk about it. Uh, today, during confirmation, we were discussing... Um, we were discussing... Uh, the, the law of the Lord, and we're getting into, you know, some of the commandments, and, and we, you know, we're getting into talking about thou shalt not commit adultery. And so I just said to all the kids, I'm like, hey, great news, we get to talk about sex today. And all of those confirmation kids immediately said nothing. I'm like, we are not talking about this. You might be, but we're not. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> And we talked about sexual temptation and we talked about sexual sin. shouldn't say we, I did. They remain silent. <laughs> you see, if you start talking about sin, especially like potentially embarrassing sin, the way we handle it is we keep our mouth shut. We hide that sucker. You know, keep that. That's in for private time. We don't talk about that. But the way God handles sin He sends his son. He sends his son to be the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice who takes away the sins of the world, not hides it, removes it from us, pays for it with his own blood on the cross for all of eternity. The lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. And so the next day, And as John the baptizer is hanging out, and Andrew's there, and John's there, and there's some other people there, (coughs) and, and, you know, and again, John the baptizer sees Jesus walking by, and he's like, "Look, The Lamb of God! And Andrew and John immediately start following Jesus. I, I love how John handles this, because all along, John has been saying, I'm not the guy people have been asking john the baptizer are you the christ he's like no i'm not the christ are you the are you uh, are you the prophet elijah and he's like no, no 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 i am not the prophet elijah are you the other prophet he's like i'm not that guy either i'm just john My whole job is just to point people to to Jesus, the Messiah. I'm not him. I'm just here to point people to him. And it's just so awesome that right there, he's not concerned with keeping Andrew and John as part of his posse, as part of his crew. He just, when he sees Jesus, it's like he can't help himself to point people to Jesus and say, look, the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. And Andrew and John start following and as Andrew and John are following, Jesus turns around and says, "What are you looking at?" Oh, No, he doesn't really say that. He just he says, that. "He says, what are you looking for? What are you looking for?" I know. I just kind of startled. <laughs> That's so much fun doing that. <laughs> if you are, if you're on their online campus and you jumped in the privacy of your own home on the couch. You're welcome. Just like get things going, blood going and stuff like that. But seriously, like Jesus is just walking and all of a sudden, John, you know, Andrew and John are following him because they, they, believe, they believed exactly what John the baptizer t- said about Jesus, that he's the Lamb of God. who takes away the sins of the world. And so they start following him. They're like, hey, where are you going? He's like, what are you looking for? And we're like, well, where are you staying? And he's like, well, if you come, you know, if you come and see, then you'll see where I'm staying. And so they they follow him to find out where he's staying. And And then Andrew does this really cool thing. The first thing that Andrew does is he goes to get his brother. And he says to his brother, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ, which means Savior or anointed one. We found him. We found him. John the baptizer pointed at him. Andrew and and John followed him. Andrew goes to get his brother and brings his brother with him. And and Jesus, he just knows stuff. Jesus looked at Simon, Simon Peter and he says, you are Simon the son of John. He knows exactly who he is. There's the third John in the text today. So you got John who doesn't name himself. You got John the baptizer and you got John, Simon, Simon Peter's dad. All the Johns right here. You were Simon, the son of John. You should be called Cephas, which means Peter. Names are, in, are huge in this culture. Uh, and Simon, as soon as he meets the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, as soon as he meets Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, Jesus gives him a new name, a nickname. You see, his Peter is pronounced Cephas, and it sounds like, in Greek, it sounds like Kephas, uh, in Aramaic, or Petros in Greek, which means rock, and so these are like these normally used for like a, a nickname or something like that. Like I had, a, I have a relative whose name is whose nickname is Rocky. I have no idea why, but everybody calls him Rocky. Okay, he doesn't even live in Philly. Uh, and but you know, but for for Jesus to give you a nickname on like the first time that you meet, Jesus is seeing Simon Peter and knows him. And he calls him the rock. The rock. And so as we meet Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, we too just kind of come into this and, and all of a sudden we see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And it doesn't just say, you know, Andrew's sin, or Cephas's sin, or John, John, John's sin. It's Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Your sins, My sins. Yes, even the, even the sin that we're born with, that you know, that's passed on from person to person ever since Adam. He takes away that sin. He takes away the sin, the sins of what we have said, the things that were just unkind, uh, you know. Or he's take the sins of our mind, the thoughts that we've thought that are not God's thoughts, the actions that we have committed, the sins that we have done. He takes those sins and he takes them all away, paid for by the blood of Christ when he died for our sins. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world just as those at the temple would lay their hands on that lamb before it was killed. God made him, Christ, the Lamb of God who knew no sin to be sin. God placed all of the sins of all of humanity from all time on Christ, the Lamb of God who takes those sins away from us. He just sees a couple of guys and they follow. David Schmidt in his article on Epiphany says, When mission occurs not in marvelous moments, but in real relationships, life becomes both more frightening and more exciting. Any relationship has the potential to bring others to Jesus. Your coworker, your neighbor across the hall, or your friend from a fitness class, from a relationship with you, God can bring about a relationship with Jesus. You see, that's what was happening that day as John the Baptist pointed to Jesus is he, through his relationships with Andrew and John, pointed them to Jesus and they began a relationship with God through Jesus Christ because of John's relationship with Andrew and John. And the same exact thing happens for us. God has the ability to leverage our relationships into a relationship with Christ as we do what John the Baptizer does and just point people to the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. God never asked us to be the Savior. He just asked us to point to people. Point people to Him. That's all He's ever asked. We got, got a nice little snowstorm here the other day. Uh, normally on snow days, I, I have like this mixture of like, um, um, of relief, like, oh, okay, well, I probably don't have to go into the office today and anxiety in that sense of like, I really just, I, I like being around people, you know, and I, while I was around some of the people in my house, some of the people who were in my house were sick and I didn't really want to be around them all that much. You know, just saying. You know, I don't want to get any more illness. And um, and so, you know, I, I'm I love working out of coffee shops. So I love getting out in town. And when the snow days are happening, I I have a tendency to daydream about like summer days when I'm walking the streets of Henderson on Tuesday nights, meet, bumping into people and meeting people and having great Jesus conversations. And and then, but there's a snowstorm raging, and you know, and I'm just kind of sitting safely in my house, and I'm like, ah. Who am I going to talk to today? And then uh, then all of a sudden, through the the window, we see the UPS truck pop up, Okay. Immediately, Heidi and Becca are on their phones trying to figure out whose package just got delivered. The UPS driver, delivery guy, he disappeared for a little while and only to appear at the back of the, of the van, of the big brown van with a, you know, with a hand truck. And then Heidi exclaims with glee, that one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> the mattress for the guest room has arrived. Awesome. That's good because nobody wants to sleep on that cratered guest <laughs> guest mattress that we got right now, <laughs> except for Doug. You know, he's the only one. He's the only one who likes that one. And so, you know, so the you know the, the UPS delivery guy is, is is loading up his you know the the mattress, which is incredibly heavy, and then one more package comes out, and then and then Becca gets to declare that was mine. <laughs> and so they both got packages, and I I had not even touched the driveway. There was like snow Everywhere, and I was immediately feeling guilty. I felt bad because this guy is like trudging through the snow with a hand truck and my mattress and Becca's whatever, and, you know. And gets up and I so I go out through the garage. I open up the garage door and I bring him in, and he's like, "Oh, I can bring it all the way in." I'm like, "Oh, really? Thank you." I, I, and I was apologizing and I just say, "I'm so sorry. I did, not, I did not, I didn't touch the snow at all. I didn't do any shoveling yet." And he's like, "I wouldn't either. It looks like it's going to keep on going for a few more hours." And I said, well, you know, is, is, there anything I, is there anything I can get you? And, uh, and he said, a beer would be great. <laughs> Lo and behold, I actually happened to have one right there that Kevin gave me a couple of weeks ago. And so I pick up this beer and I'm like, here you go. And he's like, oh, thanks. I... I can't take this. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just trying to help. And he's like, no, I'll get in real trouble. And he looks at the he looks at the can and he's like, Montgomery brewing. I live near there. I live in New Prague. And I said, You live in New Prague? I said, Oh, I'm a pastor. We're opening up a new campus you know, in New Prague. He's like, oh, where is it? And I said, well, you know, if if you're over near the Dairy Queen, he's like, oh, that's the church over on the, on the, on the great church over on the side with the, you know, coming soon sign. I said, yeah, that's us. And he's like, when are you going to be opening? And I said, well, you know, last, last Sunday in, in March. And he's like, that's awesome. I'll be there. And he said, my name's Chris. And I said, my name's Jay. Uh, you'll have to stop by when you're not driving a brown truck <laughs> if you'd like to pick up a beer from Montgomery. <laughs> I got into the house, you know, and, and I told, uh, told Heidi, hey, I just, uh, just, you know, got to invite a, you know, a, a potential member to, uh, to uh, our new campus in New Prague. And she's like, how? Like, how? <laughs> How? How does that happen? Like, how do you just go from like picking up a couple of UPS packages to talking about Jesus and New Prague? And, you know, it's really about God, allowing God to use our relationships to point people to Jesus. And just a little message of Jesus in there as I'm telling him what the church is about. Hey, this new campus in New Prague is really all about reaching new people in the name of Jesus who takes away our sins. That's it, just a little bit. God has the power to, to use every single one of your relationships as we're willing to point people to Jesus just as John the baptizer was pointing people to Jesus. Look! the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And who knows what's going to happen. So Chris, if you're watching, I hope, we'll see, I hope we get to get together you know, in, in the next couple of weeks, and I look forward to seeing you the last, last Sunday in, in March. I know that you said you asked for the web address, so I'll just say, hey, if you're watching, this is for you. Um, thanks for letting me share this story. And for everybody else who's here, whether you're worshiping with our online campus or whether you're worshiping right here, I want to encourage you with this. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And it's not just the people who are sitting here today. It's the people who you know and love. It's the UPS driver who you just met. It's the, it's the, it's the neighbor down the street. It's the cashier at the grocery store. It is your waitress at lunch today. It's your relative who you think to yourself, they will never believe in Jesus. Yes, Jesus wants to take away their sins too. It's for your friends. It's for your family. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And he doesn't leave it with you. He removes it as far from you as the east is from the west. And we receive this forgiveness by grace through faith in Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God whose blood just paid for it all. And we, we get to point people, look, Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for sending your Son to be our Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for humbling yourself and becoming obedient even to the point of death on a cross. Lord, thank you for not leaving us in our sin but for the promise that you will take away our sins, not because of what we've done, but because of what you have done for us as your blood was shed. Jesus, we confess our faith that you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and so we come before you confessing. Please, Lord God, take away our sin. And Lord, we just ask you to give us eyes to see the the people around us, the the relationships that we do have, the the people that we bump into. Lord, give us ears to hear. Help us to hear that people are hurting and that they are needy. Give us a heart that believes in your son and what you've done for us we humbly but boldly ask you through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, will you please give us opportunities to point people to your Son? Give us the power of the Holy Spirit that gives courage and boldness to speak your name as we point people to your Son. And you will receive all the glory, honor, and and praise because it's all about you and what you've done for us. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen.